Siamo tornati tutti a un altro episodio del podcast Eating Asphalt. Oh, molto bene! Oh, sorry, sorry about that, everybody. I was getting that heritage flow in me because uh, we have a race coming up. It's in Italy. I'm your host, Marco. I'm Ian. And we are, as the Italians say, Eating Asphalt, episode 56. Ian, coming off a nice Easter Sunday, praising Jesus. Uh, how are you feeling coming in this weekend? I'm feeling great. We're paying homage to the uh, the Roman Catholics that uh, that originated in Italy. Cut that for sure. Yeah, I'm feeling great, man. <laughs> Third race of the season. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, what's what's not to like? This is a track that definitely rips. We'll get into it later, but the track's awesome. Uh, it's a pretty pivotal moment for Red Bull, I think. Just all the storylines. I'm just uh, salivating at the mouth. Well, let's feed your big guy. <laughs> Guess we have our news from the past about two weeks, a uh, lot that had happened. We have our Grand Prix and track talk and our race predictions. So let's get right into it. Miami, a lot of worried people here. And yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, I, I've seen some explanation of what people are worried about. Lawyers are bringing in the case to a judge in Florida that there will be actual physical damage done to the citizens of Miami Gardens. Uh, they said the de- decibel level will be, quote, at least that of a standard chainsaw within a two and a half mile radius. Jesus Christ. I mean, like, that's pretty jarring to hear because, like, we were right, I mean, we were close in the grandstands to the cars. And if two and a half miles away, it sounds like a chainsaw in your ear, like, it really, really materialized how much I really fucked up my ears and my eardrums on, uh, like, on race weekend in Austin. Yeah, I got a lot of laughs and points from my fellow friends for wearing those uh, earbuds. (laughs) And look who's going to be laughing when you guys can't hear shit. So, uh, also great news, though, about this. About an hour ago on Wednesday night, a judge denied the request to get this canceled. So, we are back on. We were off. Maybe we're back on. Nice. I I definitely figured that that would happen just because it's like a lot's gone into this. But like the fact that they don't didn't have it all buttoned up, it like, you know, to the point where like nobody could challenge it in court. Uh, the fact that they left that until two or three weeks before the race is, I mean, good on them. Classic F1. Yeah. I also, I think it's kind of funny. I don't know if the people timed this or not. But they were just saying, hey, we could we could go after this at any point while this track is being built, which has been years. And yeah. then now they're they're saying, hey, you know what? Right before everything is ready to go, this is when we come in. This is when we shine. Yeah. Like, oh, actually, we uh, we watched Drive to Survive on Netflix and saw that the cars are loud. So we don't want that around where we live. Yeah. Two thoughts on there. One, I thought it would have been nice karma for F1 to get fucked over after trying to get uh, $2,000 out of us to go to a race weekend to sit in GA or sit in the grandstands. Um, And the other one was I was kind of brainstorming. This was before I knew that it was for sure like a go. If they, you know, some compromise that they could have made is just making, you know, it's already an expensive ticket. Just divvy that up, pay everybody a little stimulus around the uh, the Miami Gardens area. You know, just be like, hey, we know you're we know you're gonna have some fucked up hearing, but here's you know two hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, they just all provide them with the earbuds that I was using. No, because then you'll look like a pussy, though. Oh, right, you got something else to talk about? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, nah, big news was Miami, kind of secondary news that I think we, I definitely saw, like knew it was coming, but I forgot that it was at Imola. Um, first sprint race of the year, uh, the new season is this weekend. Reminder on how the sprint race weekend works, works is a little, it's a little bit uh, just like kind of thrown off. Friday we have one practice session and then immediately a qualifying session to determine the order of the sprint race. Saturday morning we have our second practice session and then the sprint race during the time that would usually be qualifying and then the race on Sunday. So um, yeah, it, qualifying is on Friday, still something fun to watch on Saturday. And then as far as the, the points given out, that's changed since last year as well. Um, first place will get eight points, second place seven points, and then one place less for each extra position, um, all the way to eight. So eight is the, the last place, is kind of the end of the points where you just get one point. But um, yeah, man, I, I mean, this is, every time we've had a sprint race, it, there's been an awesome race weekend that's come out of it. I mean, we I think we had, it was Monza, right? Um, Brazil was when Lewis was penalized 25 spots in a weekend and still finished P1. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be nice, it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, we have a lot to look forward to. I believe you called it the Temple of Speed last week, didn't you? Our last episode, huh? I think I did yeah, call it. Uh, so the yeah, Temple the, of Speed. the Temple of Speed part <laughs> dope is what the, what I'm hearing. So yeah, very excited for that. Yeah, Temple of Speed, by the way, is Monza for the um, for for the folks at home. I got that very wrong. So yeah, first sprint race of the year. Uh, very excited to see how things pan out. Very right you are. Moving right along, we have Esteban Ocon thinks Oscar Piastri will find a his F1 sheet shortly. So if for those of you who do not know, he was the winner of Formula 2 last year, did not get a seat. Uh, people were thinking, you know, maybe he deserved it for being the winner, uh, but I guess Formula 1 did not. He is actually currently the reserve driver for Alpine. I don't know about this. I don't know about how this came off to you, but... Fernando Alonso is getting all this hype for how fast he's driving, that the car itself he's around isn't strong enough for him. Maybe Esteban is like, you know what, I don't like all this attention on him saying he's so much better than me. I want him out. Yeah, I mean, he Fernando is driving well. So if I'm Esteban, I'm probably a little scared <clears throat> because, like, I mean, once, once Fernando has a car that can finish a race... He's going to be, you know, shown as the definitely the second best driver. So, yeah, I mean, getting Piastri in, someone who's new to Formula One that lets him have a little bit of seniority, I think that's a uh, very rational thing to ask for. Yeah, and there's, kind of like, like one thing about there's one thing about having a race on the track, and then you know he doesn't want to fight on the off the track either because that guy would, it would bend like a twig. <laughs> Who do you think could beat... Esteban Ocon up on the grid. Who could? Who could? Who could beat him up? Sorry, who? Everyone. <laughs> who do you think uh, Esteban Ocon could beat mm. up on the grid? I honestly think he'd be 20 out of 20. I think he'd be the last person. I was going to say, I don't think <laughs> I was say maybe like Alex Albon. I was thinking Albon. Like still, I think I was like Yuki size-wise, but I don't think. I bet, I bet he's a scrapper. Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, I think he's twenty out of twenty. You're yeah. right, man. I tried. Hey, we'll do. We'll do a. Uh, let's do a listing. Next episode, <laughs> I love we'll that. we'll walk through all yeah. the, in our in a fight hand to hand combat, how we rank them. Okay, like a power ranking. Yeah. Also, we could do like. A, do you remember those WrestleMania matches where they had like twenty guys start in a ring at the same uh, time? Yeah. And if you got pushed out of the ring. Uh, oh, oh, hell in the cell. 
Yeah, Hell in the Cell. We should we should come up with another power ranking of who we would we think would win in that because that's like te- that's like teams and like little dynamics going together, you know. Oh, so that's you have to consider it as, well. as a yeah, like instructor type of. Yeah, fight. yeah. Like All right. Well, that's to come, everybody. Get ready. Look forward to that. And then next on the docket, we have Carlos Sainz. Uh, his contract talks have stalled. So um, I think basically reading through the lines here, I don't know if anybody like knows for sure, but you know the gist. Like Carlos wants a two-year deal with Ferrari. Ferrari want a one-year deal, like one-year extension with a one-year option on top of that. This is seemingly paving the way for Mick Schumacher. It is rumored that uh, as soon as Mick Schumacher was born, the doctor came out and told Michael Schumacher that it was a boy, and then Michael immediately walked to the boss of Ferrari at the time, and they started working on the contract for Mick. So, um, like, I mean, he's he's definitely destined for Ferrari because of who his dad is. Um, but I think like that's just again reading between the lines of reading between the lines. It's like all right, once Carlos is out, Mick is definitely in, and you know, kind of the sooner the better as long as Mick's ready. I I like that little ten. Tinfoil hat. I just think that if they're debating over one year, do they think that Mick is going to be where he's ready to be by the end of next year? Right. I mean, I yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't. Leclerc, Leclerc I would was say no. Very I very good charge. prior to coming into Ferrari. It was Haas has a good car, good enough car to actually like compete, and it's you only see Kevin so far. You know. That's true. That's true. Give him some time. Like a two-year deal, I think, would be perfect for Ferrari. I think we were like, we give him two years that that gives him plenty of time to start showing improvements. Yeah, man, I agree. I, I don't know. It's it's definitely... These conspiracy theories are just fun. I live it's for this fun, kind yeah. of shit. Where, <laughs> you, had, you were like, dude, I'm on to this. And then I come in and... Look, you're back. Yeah, but you're confused right now, dude. You're like, who do I believe? <laughs> I'm starting to believe, and so should the rest of the Mercedes crew, Lewis Hamilton, because he plans a lot of calls to rally at Mercedes. We've got some fun quotes from Lewis. We've got some improvements that we need to make, and we need everyone's support in doing so, in just making sure we leave no stone unturned. It's in making sure the hunger is really there, and we're maximizing absolutely every moment Quote, those were two direct quotes from Lewis uh, that we stole the audio from. Worried, our producer was like, hey, don't do this. They're going to sue you. And we're like, fuck it. We care about our people way too much. Our producer is always getting in our way. They're like, it's just me and Marco versus the producer all the dude, time. Dude, we're just freaking idiots sometimes, you know? But hey, alas, he'll probably cut this freaking nerd. Your English accent is like a little bit of Australian mixed in with like speech impediment. I think I'm done with what Lewis said to rally at Mercedes. <laughs> All right. And next. <laughs> I mean, fuck. <laughs> All right. Uh, next. <laughs> next up. Slam. Slam dunk. Oh, it's such a burn. Damn. 
All right, next up, let's talk a little bit about the Haas F1 team. Um, Haas is obviously the very, very back of the grid last year. They were kind of the back markers early on in the race. Um, and this big leap of improvement that they've made, they have many more points than they had last year, especially around this time frame. Um, about, like, they are so good that teams seem to be protesting. So three teams so far have asked the FIA to check similarities between Haas and Ferrari's car. Obviously, Ferrari is Haas's engine manufacturer, but there still can be some foul play. Obviously, Ferraris are so quick this year that it kind of matters. Um, but yeah, Aston Martin, McLaren, Alpine and Mercedes are all kind of the accused in this scenario right now. Uh, just the way it works is, you know, somebody from the media asks somebody from the team, like, oh, have you protested? And they're like, oh, well, we haven't, but maybe the, the old boys at Aston Martin have. Um, so that's, like, that's just kind of how it works. They believe prohibited information exchanges occurred between the two teams that is outside of the regulations. So yeah, just when we thought Haas was starting to figure things out, uh, they st you know people trying to beat them down and stop them from flying and soaring the way that they should, as our uh, as our American team should. If guilty, uh, I don't think they are going to have to pay any fines. They're probably just going to have to race in the Haas 2021 car and be a solid four seconds per lap behind the front runners. So I think, you know, kind of a win-win, I think, overall. Yeah, no, I think Ferrari would be like, you can take half of our budget. Can can we do that over that? We will literally give you $25 million instead of having to race in that Haas car. To finish on, up on this newsworthy note... Lewis cares about his uh, his team so much and about the success that he made the workers work over and through Easter. So, I mean, good guy Lewis. Making the decisions, I'm sure, just being like, we got to unturn every stone. Uh, that also includes you skipping church and hanging out with your family. Yeah, I mean, the call to rally up people on the Mercedes team ended with, oh, and yeah, you know, we're going to do great, like championship is awaiting us by the way you have to work on the holiday how do you turn so, stones when you're eating a bunch of ham you know you can't yeah a bunch of peeps yeah fuck peeps no. you get in that fucking garage and you turn stones <laughs> and rounding up our news for the past week and a half we have charles claire had a three hundred and twenty thousand dollar richard millie watch stolen this week happened to lando last year i think he got jumped Kind of in a, like the nicest way possible in a parking lot. A very British way of getting jumped. Be like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> we require your watch. I was just frightened. <laughs> if, you, if you would be so inclined. And that was pretty much it. Uh, I would just say, please watch out for him getting his P1 stolen this weekend, too. Yeah. All right. I'll give you it. We'll clap it up. Good job. And that'll wrap up our news segment for uh, our news part of the sector. Let's move on and talk about this weekend's Grand Prix, the track, everything that uh, that Imola has to offer. So, the Grand Prix in our yeah. past, we've had <laughs> Grand Prix view, exactly. From our past, we've had the Italian Grand Prix, the Tuscan Grand Prix, San Marino Grand Prix, but this is... The Formula One Rolex Grand Premio Eaton Asphalt Del Made in Italy Edel Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. So a lot of sponsors there. Um, you know, this is one of two races that we're going to do in Italy. 
The other one is in Monza on September 11th, which just happens to be Marco's favorite date. Uh, but this one is in Imola on April 24th and 26th weekend. So, um, quick like where we're racing, the Autodromo. <laughs> Dude, I'm just getting pelted out here. What happened to me? Quick note about where we're racing. The Autodromo Enzo Edino Ferrari, uh, named after uh, Enzo Ferrari, the founder of Ferrari, and his son Dino, who died early in life because of having MD, muscular dystrophy. So there's some fun, not-so-fun trivia for you there. F1 started championship racing here in 1981. Went from 1981 to 2006 as the San Marino Grand Prix. Uh, the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix, which is what we call it now, mixed in with some other sponsors like Rolex, uh, Made in Italy, and Eden Asphalt. We started racing that Grand Prix uh, under that title in 2020. During that stretch of the San Marino Grand Prix, uh, the most notable year was 1994, when during the San Marino GP in Emilia, Ayrton Senna, the GOAT, according to many, the Brazilian driver who uh, lost his life, Aqua Minerali, Rivazza, and Tamborello are famous turns that you're going to hear about during this race. Tamborello was the one where uh, we lost Senna uh, because 90% of the blood in Senna's body came out because of the super, super nasty crash going into that. Uh, what we know as turn three or what's going to be like talked about as turn three. Often overlooked, just kind of like quick anecdote. Anecdote or antidote? Anecdote. Antidote is the medicine. Quick, quick anecdote about that. He probably could have used some medicine. Right? Probably, he probably looked like Voldemort when he was a little, like, skinny little thing. Oh, that blood gone. <laughs> uh, what is often overlooked that weekend is the other death that happened. Um, Roland Rotzenberger had died the day before in a crash on track in preparation for the Grand Prix. Um, kind of like a super depressing but uh, somewhat wholesome fact is that Senna had rolled up an Australian flag and put it in the cockpit and he was going to fly it in honor of Roland. Uh, unfortunately, he never got to fly that flag because he met the same demise that, uh, that Roland did. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is there's so much history on this track. Um, you're going to see some Brazilian flags at the track because of Senna. Um, but, yeah, just a bunch of stuff happened here. I mean, even last year... Uh, it was the second race of the season, and it was total chaos. There was rain. People were sliding off the circuit. Lewis made a mistake that ended like ended up in him sliding off the grid and rejoining, still finishing in a P2 like Lewis does. It seems like every time that he gets dealt bad luck, he still ends up like on the podium, definitely, but in P2 or P1 sometimes. So, yeah, no reason we shouldn't see chaos this weekend, especially with the sprint race. So, yeah, I, I think uh, last weekend we talked about Australia being – Nice because it was at night, but not necessarily like the most entertaining of races. I'm putting down a heavy wager that this is going to be the opposite of that, where it's like, you know, still a little early, but we're going to see a hell of a race. Um, and, and yeah, so like I said, and yeah, we raced twice in Italy this year, uh, but the tracks are very different. The former Ferrari chief technical director once said that Monza uh, is an outdated track that demonstrates the limits of an ancient project based on high top speeds and a few non-difficult corners, while Imola offers a vision for much longer stretches of 
very beautiful and challenging track. So what does this track consist of uh, that the old Ferrari chief technical director was talking about? Three miles, we got 19 turns, one DRS zone, where I think most of the passing is going to take place, but not all. I mean, we, we saw Checo like pass in Australia last week outside of a DRS zone when there were three. So I just think that, uh, you know, there's going to be some overtakes that are outside of that DRS zone, which is going to make the race more interesting as a whole. Lap time should be around like the, you know, 115. I think we crunched the numbers as the Eaton Asphalt Corporation, and we had the uh, projection that for Quali Lap, we're looking at about a 1 minute and 14.286 seconds. So we'll uh, we'll follow back up to see how close we are in that regard. Uh, far as, uh, as far as weather goes, 72 and sunny for the sprint race, 66 and rainy on Sunday for the actual Grand Prix where they'll be racing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, great weather. We're, we're using all the weather for the sprint race, basically. And then we're just, uh, yeah, we're opening ourselves up and opening the door up to absolute chaos when the uh, when the Grand Prix comes around with all this rain. 94. And that does it for yeah. our Grand Preview and Track Talk. Moving right along to our final sector, we have our race predictions. As of two weeks ago, Ian had the slight lead with four points to my three points. Going into our first race prediction, who do you think will crash our DNF? It is 420, Ian's least favorite holiday, and because he hates it so much, I'm going to let him go first. Thank you. Well, I will say for the first... For the uh, Crasher DNF selection, I'm going to put down Pierre Gasly. I think Red Bull powertrains is a nightmare, and I think, uh, yeah, I, I just think because of that, there's going to be a Red Bull or an Alpha Tauri that goes out, and my bet's going to be on Pierre. I like that a lot. I am going to go a little crazy here, uh, as I have been for a lot of these guesses. I'm going to go with Charles. I feel like when... When, like, there's a lot of expectations and, like, a big fan base around him, I feel like there's always something that happens, you know? Uh, when he was at Monaco, crashing his car, like, when he had pole crashes, like, he's had some rough goes where there's a lot of hype around them. Being at Imola, I feel like there could be a little similar situation. The Ferrari fandom comes out and, you know, something crazy happens. Yeah, love it. That would shake up the points a bit, too. That would shake up the championship race because... Yeah. You know, last week after Australia, they were talking about how he had, like, already pulled away too much for him to get back. But, like, yeah, a big crash or DNF or something like that would be super yeah, interesting. let's freaking do it, guys. It's going to be rainy. We'll find out. And moving right along, we have our winner. I'm going to go with just because they were in the gym, in the lab for the past two weeks. I'm going to go with a Mercedes making a huge, huge comeback and Lewis Hamilton coming out as our race winner. Wonderful. I have guessed two Ferrari drivers in the last two weeks, so I'm going to switch it up and go uh, for a Max Verstappen win. I think there's rumors of them bringing some upgrades as a Red Bull team into Imola. So, yeah, put me down for a uh, Max going back to his rightful place at the top of the P list. Moving on to our next race prediction, last place. I This is another one where I've guessed the same teammates or the same team for uh, the last two weeks. Um, uh, last place for me, I'm not going to guess a Williams because I did it the last two weekends in a row. Um, so put me down for a Lance Stroll. I think he maybe slides off but doesn't wreck. 
gets joined back in like way too late and then just like can't make it up. So put me down for Lance for uh, crossing the line last this year. I'm gonna go crossing the line last this week. Yeah. Nice. Second time is the charm. Fourth time is the charm. I'm gonna go with someone who hasn't really crossed the line and has not finished this entire year. Poor, poor guy, Seb. Uh, you know, he still has a lot to figure out with this car, and that car just doesn't seem like you can do much with it when you do figure it out. He's just had some uh, quite a bit of unluck and misfortune. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Seb there. Driver of the day, I am going to actually, you know, I think in big times like this, think someone who does step up a ton is going to be Charles Leclerc. So I'm going to go with Charles Leclerc as driver of the day. All right, nice. I like that guess. I think he uh, probably is going to do really well. I'm going to go with his teammate, Carlos Sainz. Makes a lot of sense. Next up, our sponsored race prediction, our douche of the day. I'm going to go with Nicholas Latifi. He has been not finishing most of the races that he's been in for the last five races. I think three out of five he's been uh, a retirement. I think he's going to mess up somebody's race. And I want to be clear about this so that we don't have a point of contention. I think he is going to crash out and ruin somebody's race. Or ruin at least two people's races. And I think that's why he's going to be the douche of the day. Your thoughts? I feel like he's done it before quite a few times. So seems like a pretty smart bet. So yeah, I like it. All right. I'm going to go with Lance Stroll. So I'm going to kind of copy about similar things that you said about the last place. Uh, and Stroll just, he seems kind of uh, Mazepinish. Mazepinish. I've heard some stories and heard him on the radio really getting after his pit crew and his, uh, his team and saying how shitty the car is and complaining all the time. So, and moving right along to our wild card predictions. I had a similar thought to this last week. Ian pushed me away because Ian cares about points and points alone. I'm going to go with Mercedes builds their lead against Red Bull. So technically just basically outscoring them that weekend. Yeah, I, I like that one. I'll accept that as like a wild card. I think that's – it hasn't happened the last two out of three races. But I think I, – I like I think it's – you know, it's still wild. Like it's happened like 33% of the time. 66% of the time. So my wildcard prediction, I'm going to run it back from last week as well with no Ferraris on the podium. So give me a, uh, a Ferrari free, which would sting extra in Italy. Uh, yeah, you know, like no Ferrari on the podium I think is going to be real disappointment to the, uh, to the Tifosi. But like, yeah, just give me that one. I think, I think worst case scenario, they don't score and I get a point. That's, I'm like hedging my bets basically. And for our second to last race prediction, we're going to go fastest lap. Give me Max Verstappen. I think he's going to be able to pull out a, uh, a quick lap during the race, even if he doesn't win. I think he could get fastest lap. Oh, yeah, what a crazy bit. Nice job, Ian. Yeah, nice. So crazy. You just shit, shit on me for the last one. But whatever. Whatever, man. I am going to go with someone a little different. I'm going to go with Fernando Alonso. Let's just get crazy. I don't know. I don't mind it. Let's get weird. I I mean, he ha- I think he has a capability. I think it's going to be a massive stretch. No, no, no. I'm not it's different than the last one. Different than the last. One. I don't want to say this. Like it's going to be a fucking huge 
huge like this this is this makes up for your Merc more points than Red Bull because like like more than makes up for. It. So I'll give you that. You're an honorable guy. I don't tell you that enough. Honor barely even know her. Moving right along to our pole position. I am gonna go with you know I think I have a lot of faith in him. I'm gonna go with Master Sappin this weekend. All right, give me Charles Leclerc. I have not guessed him in the last two weeks, and I think he's got it in him. So we'll see, buddy. We will see. And that does it for our race predictions. That does it for our fun sectors. And that does it for the episode 56 of the Eaton Asphalt podcast. Really looking forward to this weekend. I feel rejuvenated. Having these random week offs is kind of needed, you know. I was able to speak to the Lord a little bit, uh, you know. Were you? Can you tell us a little bit about your conversation? No, actually, he told me not to tell you. So, oh, specifically, okay, yeah, don't he, tell he me that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see him. I'll see him later. <laughs> I got. I got some things to say. Yeah, about. you know, you don't talk to him. I'll fucking my people will talk to him. <laughs> uh, so, outside of that, a lot of things uh, to look forward to this weekend, and. We will talk to you guys after the race. Grazie per l'attenzione. Say assholes. <laughs> See you assholes. <laughs>